And we're we're off, bro. We're off. We're on. We're on, but we're, not. We're, are we live? We're so live right now, dude. Live, live. Uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, we can't do live. We just gotta record it. Why is that? I don't know how to make it live. You just YouTubed everything. How to set this up? And <laughs> we're here now. <laughs> it's been a long time since I I did a, a podcast, so we're mm-hmm. up and running now. Well, why, so, don't, why don't you introduce yourself to remind the people out there who you are? I'm Stephen Duffany, and I'm sitting here with Dave Wright of Adirondack Outdoor Adventures. Oh, man, that's wild to say that. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. What is Adirondack Outdoor Adventures? Um, it's a small little charter business uh, that is located in Henderson Harbor, New York, where we take people on wonderful fishing adventures. Um, out on Lake Ontario. What kind of fish? Freshwater fish? Freshwater huh? fish. Bunch of them. Big freshwater There's fish. No saltwater fish in Lake Ontario? No, unfortunately. Until you get to the, uh, I believe it's the Gulf of the St. Lawrence. <laughs> oh, is it brackish there? It's brackish there, yeah. Yeah, but no, that's a long ways away from where we are. Yeah. So. Um, and yeah. he's also a corrections officer. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> 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 uh, listening, we'll just dub that over. Mm. No, that's all right. Yeah, yep. New York State Correction Officer. Awesome, fun. What got you in that into that? When did you become interested in that? Um, my wife told me to get a real job. Yeah, and I took the test for New York State, and I passed, and went through the academy, and boom. Don't real jobs suck? Dude, they're horrible, <laughs> especially the automotive industry. <laughs> How long have you been doing the charters? Oh, gosh. I started back when I was 14 years old. Oh, really? I didn't know that. On the back deck of one of Bill Safe's boats. The same guy you're with now? Nope. Different guy I'm with. Okay. So, anyways, yeah. I started back when I was 14. It was a cold, rainy April day, and it was history from there. I got my captain's license five years ago. Okay. I made it up until then as as a first mate on the boat. Run around like a chicken with my head cut off most of the time. So yeah. Do you take people out by yourself now, or do you, or do you have someone with you when you go? I take. Well, it, it all depends. I have a well, I have a business partner mm-hmm. um, that he owns the boat. I have say the licenses and the knowledge. He has a bunch of fishing knowledge, but again, I I run his boat for him. Okay, gotcha. Basically, he has the money, the capital. I have the licenses to run the boat. So yeah. So I wouldn't call myself a business partner like he says about me i'm just kind of the captain itself yeah gotcha so. do you so is that only during the summer or do you do like ice fishing stuff or is it only um it's not just during the summer for the charter itself for for adirondack outdoor adventures um that's what i run as a, a summer fishing charter okay you know for the fishery on Lake Ontario. Now, when it comes to the winter, I do a bunch of my own ice fishing, but I also do some uh, guiding for ducks and geese as well, too, on my own. Ah, okay, okay. So, but that comes into the fall after, you know, when September comes around. <clears throat> There's uh, goose season in September. Uh, duck season opens in October and runs right through December, so. What's your favorite fish <clears throat> to catch and eat? Um, it all depends on the season. So during the summer, um, the sport fish, the major sport fish on Lake Ontario is the king salmon. Okay. You know, and you'll get a bunch of different other varieties and species of fish like steelhead and brown trout and lake trout. But um, 
my favorite fishing is ice fishing and that's fishing walleye through the ice and that's the best eating fish right I've there. I've never been ice fishing. Ever? Well, never. you come with me. Dude, I just picked it's... up a new vintage snowmobile, man. I got two of them now. I know. I saw those. Rock out there. It's awesome. So do you have to, do you just go out on the ice and set up a tent over or something and then cut a hole in? Or do you go somewhere that already has a hole cut no, in? No, 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 You got all the equipment. You trailer it all out there. No shit. And, and you know, so I've got a single man pop-up shanty, which anybody that ice fishes knows what I'm spotting, what I'm talking about. <clears throat> You got an ice auger that drills a hole, and then you sit up and you start jigging on some structure that you know, or you know previously has had some fish in the area or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're knowledgeable enough, you can, you know, run the structure itself and find those fish and be in your own little, you know, your own little section with nobody around you. How how deep is the ice when you what what, what body water are you on the St. Lawrence or no, what I'm you? I'm still on Lake Ontario right okay oh wow, wow mostly out of Shamo uh, Bay okay yeah in Shamo New York and how thick's the ice it all depends on the, the year this year was this past season was a little sketchy the the, the warmer. warmer temperatures and stuff like that didn't produce the ice that we wanted so it was definitely. Um, it, it took a little bit to get out out of the ice into the, the places where we wanted to be to catch those fish. So, yeah. So when you're going out there, how do you know what is something you can step on? Um, I I really, my, my <coughs> whole thing would be to, uh, you know, anything over three inches is, is walkable. I don't really like to go out anything on less than three inches. Um that's what she said. I know, exactly. <laughs> you guys could see me. She always told me this was six inches. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, that's not a rule of thumb. People play it, you know, a little differently, especially if you're walking. Um, machines and stuff like that, with what I have, the older machines are a little bit smaller. They're not as bulky. Um, you know, six to eight inches is is where I'm going out on the machine. I'm not going on anything less than that. Gotcha. You know? I might go, and it all differs, it all varies, because there's currents out there that actually, you know, um, thin the ice out. It'll it'll have more ice on one spot, 10 feet away. You know, you'll be sitting on five inches of ice, six inches of ice, 10 feet away, you're sitting on three inches of ice. So, it, it all depends on where you're at. So. so, is it just being familiar with the lake? Correct. That- it's 100%. Don't go out there by yourself unless you absolutely know where you're going and what you're doing. I mean, how many people a year get fall through it? And is there a good amount of people? Who- it, it, it's happened more in the in the recent years that I've you know paid attention to the news and probably. <clears throat> Is there people going out ice fishing or just people walking out on the ice? It's people ice fishing. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And it's not really, I mean, there's there's stories of, the, you know, uh, people breaking away from the ice. There was one up on the St. Lawrence a couple of years ago. There was one right in Shamo Bay, right out near Cherry Island. A couple of years ago, they break off on the ice and they start floating away. Oh, shit. <laughs> they got to be rescued. It's no joke, dude. But then there's other people that aren't paying attention to where they're going and they're actually, you know, falling through just offshore. It's yeah. not like they're falling through out in the middle. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, when the sun starts to hit the rocks, you know, on the shoreline, it, it produces heat and it melts around those rocks. People don't pay attention. It might have a little bit of skim ice and boom, they're up to their waist in water. It's yeah. not a serious deal, but people do fall through and... I mean, when it's negative thirty out, it's well, you know, negative <laughs> negative thirty. I mean, you're producing some pretty good ice then at yeah. that point. So <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about uh, falling in around that. But consistent temperatures, you know, in the. <laughs> 
Sorry, that's my wife up there yelling at my kids. <laughs> How often do you do charters? Um, this year, because of our pandemic and you know not being able to do a lot, things are just starting to open. Things are just starting to close again. Um, I've got some charters set up right through uh, mid July into you know August the first first second week of August right okay. now we continue to book it's more of a word of mouth thing we're not really advertised out there on the web right now it's just it's it's a slow start you know we're looking for 18 20 trips a year it's nothing you know this is a retirement plan for me yeah yeah so as we start to work towards you know the 10 15 20 year mark in my job as a correction officer I'm looking to retire you know after 25 years and then make this a full-time job at the end. There you go. So, so build it up while you're working in the in the correction. Correction. Jeez, yeah. I can't. Not, not construction. Correction. In the construction. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, that's basically what I'm looking to do. This is more of a retirement plan and a, a small business venture at this moment. You know. Yeah. So our mindset is, you know, both my my. Um, Gary Burgoyce is his name. He runs, you know, uh, a business out in Boonville, a timber business, uh, telephone poles. That's he actually, he cuts the telephone poles, and then he sends them up to Canada to get uh, treated, and then they get dispersed throughout the country. Okay. So, yeah, he's out in Boonville. Um, He owns the boat. Uh, He's the business owner. Okay. In the end, you know, I look to to buy this business from him as a whole once you know we when, when I retire he'll retire way before I do he's old way older than I am <laughs> and then you're gonna take it from there yeah correct yep well, that's pretty sweet yeah 20 years in corrections bro I got 23 left it's 25 years oh fuck mm-hmm. yeah no shit that's a good that's a good haul it is <laughs> it is <laughs> definitely it's like 25 years to life that's what I tell the prisoners yeah. <laughs> I'm in here 25 years. I've been here as long as you are. Uh-huh. Oh, man. How is it? What? Uh, you're in like a minimum security? Uh, a medium. Medium? Medium, yeah. Cape Vincent Correctional Facility. How is it there? Is it pretty? It's all right. It's, it's, it's uh, kind of cool and collect, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. It, there's not really much that, uh, that happens. I can't say it. I mean, you're dealing with convicts all day, but still. I mean. Do you see a lot of, like, I mean, medium security? Is it like... Just drug charges, stuff like that, assault. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think I should talk about this on on the air, but yeah. I mean, you do see it's it's mostly just minor felonies, you know, one to seven years, and they get out, you know. Okay. So, so you're not dealing with people that are no in there forever and yeah. <laughs> have no exactly <laughs> exactly. Damn, man, this is it. I know, dude. So, dude, you're you're back in Watertown, New York. Yeah. Let's talk here. about you. Get off of me. What do you want to say? I don't know. What dude. do you want to know? Let's just. I mean, your 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 adventurous lifestyle has brought you back to Watertown. Yeah. For a little bit here. Yeah. Um, you started out, I think, in North Carolina. Went to Florida. Went back to North Carolina or South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay. Oh, right by Paris Island, Hilton Head. Dude. I've been there. You've been there. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Dude. See, I went from the military and then I joined the army, born, raised, Wartown, New York. Right here. Joined the army, mm-hmm. got stationed at Fort Drum. Yep. Was the only guy in active duty that could go to home to his parents' house every night. Love it. <laughs> got deployed, uh, came back, got out of the army, and uh, my brother lived in South Carolina, so I went to school down there. Um, that's where I met my wife. 
And I, I don't know. I just love the. I had to get out of the snow. I love the the being by the water there. That's it, man. Dude, and and I don't know. I just had to get out of Watertown. Yeah. So, anyway, so then you went to you went to Florida after that, right? Yep, Florida. Started uh, doing web design, video production. Got into this. The podcast, I love yep. it. I don't have to see my face, but I can hear my voice. <laughs> it's amazing. We talked about this while we were setting it up. It was great. Oh, I know, right? It's great. I great, need to great. get the, this video on, but you no, know, no, it's, no, no yeah, no, no, we will no, we eventually. Could, whatever. No, I mean not now, but and in the, in the it's in the works. It's yeah. in the it's in the works for sure. I mean, this was kind of a I don't want to call it a cob job because it looks great down here. Um, we just slabbed her together. <clears throat> that's it. This is awesome. So now. You're back here. We all have kids now. Yeah. Freaking weird, dude. It's so crazy thinking. It's nuts. I I went to Saboro's house the other day, and our kids were playing with each other. Just, it was a disaster. Was it? (laughs) They were were just fighting, and and Saboro goes, well, we tried. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, if anybody doesn't know uh, Saboro, who Saboro is, it's Michael Saboro. Yeah, of Arts Jug of Water Tower. Arts Jug, the best pizza a in little, the Tri County area. A little plug there for you. That's it, man. Employee number twenty-seven. <laughs> oh yeah, you should call him twenty-seven. <laughs> what happened to that? Uh, we still got my dad so called the uh, the hotline here, and he keeps giving shout outs to employee twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> so he keeps going. No, give a shout out to Arts Jug. Quit. <laughs> Not employee twenty-seven. Arts, Arts Jug, <laughs> employee number twenty-seven. That's yep. what he needs to do. Yes. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I tell you, man. Oh, man. We missed you up here, so I'm glad you're here. This is, like, this is epic. I've always dreamed about this, especially with, you know, radio going to podcasts and podcasts just going mainstream and blowing up, man. It's, uh, I don't want to say I'm looking to, you know, make myself famous, but this is sweet. Yeah, you just got to start, everyone's got to start somewhere, so. Yeah, I mean, you got to. More crap you put out there cool setup man hopefully i took some pictures here before and hopefully you can put them up online on some sort of you know uh social media for yourself and they can see uh, the basement down here it's a man cave the man we got a man cave yeah definitely kudos to tim wright god rest his soul yeah so wait you 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 and your dad did all this down here well first off he started on this project 32 years ago. Oh, wow. That would be how old I am. <laughs> and yep. it started with a, <clears throat> excuse me, it started with a subfloor underneath this crappy carpet. Um, and then kind of, uh, when we had Bethany, that was uh, 10 years ago, um, we were living over at Palmer Street Apartments. Okay. And he kind of went through some financial difficulties, and I said, Dad, I said, I'll just move in with you, and We'll come over and help you pay for some bills, taxes, whatever you want me to do. Yeah. You know, we're here for you. And uh, I said, but before I move in, we're going to finish this goddamn basement. <laughs> yeah. So he went, I mean, it just kind of sparked it. He loved Bethany. Um, absolutely loved my daughter. Yeah. And uh, I think he did it more for her than for me. Yeah. <clears throat> he had his office redone, which is, if you were in the basement with us, it's just directly to our left through a doorway here. Um but yeah, he finished it in about a month, and we moved in, and you know the rest is history. So you you all lived down here at one point. Not, we didn't live down well, here. Well, you had you, this was just kind of like 
like he he had his recliners upstairs and his TV and yeah. his that was his zen up there, you know. Okay, gotcha. So this was more for us to come down and get out of his way. Yeah, yeah. So we would spend some time down here. I tell you, there's more. There's probably you can see the stain on the floor there. That's probably a puke stain from Craig or or Jason Farney, one of the two. <laughs> and I know right where you're sitting, there's a puke stain there because Craig threw up on the ground over there too so it's just it's we've had some some definitely some pretty good memories down here yeah, yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. dude it looks good i love the wood yeah like i said all tongue and groove you know all the different angles through here if anybody can picture it you know white ceilings everything wood floor to ceiling so it's it's uh all the beer signs you can dream about yeah beer signs i've got you know replica fish i've got uh ducks unlimited prints of my father's i've got decoys uh old signs i've got my wall of beer cans was from, he a big duck hunter yeah he's a huge duck hunter oh really huge that's who got it, me into it oh, I mean, okay it was, he was uh um, a huge contributor to Ducks Unlimited. I mean, he was a lifetime member. Okay. He, so you, you got to spend so much money. You know, these these uh, organizations and the not-for-profits, you spend so much money with them, you actually don't have to spend any more money once you spend enough money. Yeah, yeah. So he was, um, there's people, you know, the, the regional director for, I, I think it was like the the Northeast or, or the Northern part of New York State. I, I can't remember uh, exactly, it was Ron Zega at the time, and when we run this North Country Gun Bass, it's been going on. We couldn't do it this year because of the COVID. Yeah, but um, he knew my father. Okay, like he just knew my father, and he was a young guy. He's probably I think he's only about thirty four, thirty five years old, but he knew who my father was. Okay, you know that guy won more canoes at Ducks Unlimited events than anybody <laughs> else in the entirety of Ducks Unlimited. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, everybody would just bow their head and just walk away when they knew Tim Wright walked in because he was going to win that canoe. So he won five or six canoes, and so he did a lot with them, and, and well, mostly, I mean, the the local chapters okay. is what it is. So there's got your chapters, and you got your regional stuff, and then you've got your national stuff. So gotcha. he was more in tune with the Watertown chapter. You know, I remember going to the Elks Club and having the dinners over there when I was a kid, and, it and was just raising money for raising money for conservation for, for okay. ducks. Okay, okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's. It's you don't see a lot of people get involved uh, like they used to. I feel like mm-hmm. you know they're so you're, everyone's just online bitching about everything and not mm-hmm. doing anything. Mm-hmm. You but know, Ducks Unlimited is is still huge. It's still going. You might not see it. You know, it, it's almost like a, I don't want to say it's an underground event, but normally it's to people to their friends. It's not really advertised online. Like, yeah, word of mouth. Whole, so. Real quick, the background of that gun bash is, is we started the first year. We, what is it called, exactly? It's the North Country Ducks Unlimited Gun Bash. Okay. Or the, you know, Ducks Unlimited North Country Gun Bash, whatever you want to say it. Um, it. Don't quote me, but I know we we raffled more than 140 guns uh, the year prior. Not oh, wow. this past this past year. It happens in March. It's usually between you know the second week and the last weekend in, in March. And... It's just a big group of people with a bunch of raffles. It's free beer, free food. Your twenty dollar actually, it's a it, it, your twenty dollar entrance fee at the door. If you don't have a ticket, you can still pay at the door, mm-hmm. and then you can walk in. So um, I've emceed that for the past. Oh really? Yeah, five years. Not this year though, because again, we didn't have the event. Yeah. Um, we started off the largest event attendance was in New York City with like. 
I don't know, it was like 600, <laughs> 640 people. Oh, wow. Again, don't quote me on that, but I know the largest attendance when we first started this of any Ducks Unlimited event was 640 people. It happened down in New York City. Wow. We didn't quite make it the first year. We had about 620. We, we missed it by like 20 or 40 people. To have the, the most. The first year. <laughs> the second year, it exploded. Really? So we had like eight, eight or 900 people. Oh, wow. The third year, it almost doubled again with like 1,200 people. We had last year, I believe it was an attendance of about 1,800 people that walked through the door. So that's been going on for five years? This is, it was the... Oh, God, don't quote me again, but it's either the fifth year or the sixth year. This would have been the sixth year or the fifth year. Again, I'd, I'd have to look who at start, what, like, what was the Who was behind starting all that, do you know? Or? Um, it was a, a collab... It, 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 excuse me. It is a collaboration of multiple chapters throughout the North Country itself. Okay. So from Watertown to Ogdensburg, uh, Lowville, the uh, Carthage chapter... And this is all in New York State, by the way, if anybody's listening outside of the state. So anyways, yeah, um, it's just a big collaboration of a bunch of Ducks Unlimited chapters that came together and said, hey, let's do, because people have done these gun bashes before and have been very successful. Yeah. And then it just distributes, you know, what we make um, um, for revenue on top of that to do. To, yeah, to disperse through those chapters. So okay. it's a, it's a, it's dude, it's a wild event. It's awesome. And then, do they put on like what those chapters put on events as well? Um, or what, it like, goes, yeah, it goes towards uh, one thing. It goes towards conservation. Sorry if I'm talking too loud. No, you're good. Me? I'm just nasally, man. It's hot in hell. It's 95 <laughs> degrees out. And it's only what 10:30 in the morning. I know. And yeah, it's not crazy. even 10:30. It's ridiculous. So, anyways, yeah. So it gets dispersed throughout the chapters. They are able to do different events for themselves, dinners that actually make more money for Ducks Unlimited and also for their chapters, so they can go out and you know spend the money on the conservation end of it, but also spend money for their chapters well too, for gun raffles. Um, uh, different uh, style raffles like Yetis and, and coolers, everything. So it just helps out everybody um, in each of those chapters and especially it brings everybody together as a whole, yeah. which is cool. And it's not just segregated to one uh, uh, chapter. You know, we didn't just do this. We all did this. Yeah. You know, as a big whole. So that's cool. Um, we were in um, the Ducks Unlimited magazine, uh, a couple big, big news articles on the accomplishments of, you know, the attendance levels at this event. So, wow. Uh, usually when the tickets come out, they're gone before anybody can even get their hands on them and even remotely know about it. Yeah. I don't want to say it's a close knit group, but I mean, we had 1,800 people walk through the door last year. You know, and, and I mean, we're looking to expand it to a bigger venue. I don't want to say that because the Clayton Arena and the Volunteer Fire Department at Clayton has been huge for us yeah. because um, <laughs> we did a 50-50 raffle for the Volunteer Fire Department. And last year, I want to say somebody walked out of the door with like eight grand, almost nine grand. Wow. Dude, it was like $18,000 it went up to. The 50-50? Dude, it's what? wild. Wild. Oh, yeah. my God. So just think about, you know, the amount of people there and, and what we're not just doing for Ducks Unlimited, but what we're doing for the community exactly. as well, too. What kind of conservation efforts are they Wetland, involved in? Like Wetlands and stuff like that. To just cons- keeping it protected? Correct, yeah. Okay. Or, or, or building wetlands. Okay. Because people go out, say you, you build a building on some sort of marshy area mm-hmm. and it's a commercial property. That land 
you know, that land contract or whatever it may be states that you need to build this much wetlands that you've actually not destroyed. You, you yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I mean, initially that you've destroyed. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah. And just then they go keep out. Keep the balance. And, yeah, keep the balance. Ducks Unlimited might jump in. It might be a different company, whatever it may be. But most of it is conservation for wetlands and ducks themselves. Okay. Ducks and geese. No, no, I knew none of that. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. So, Dang. So the, your dad got you into that, and then you just been... <laughs> Hunting and fishing ever since, huh? Hunting and fishing ever since, man. That's my life. That's it. That's yeah, all, dude. all I do other than work and take care of my family here. Yeah. You know, we just added a new uh, a new little baby girl to the family here on June 22nd. What's her name? It's Abigail. Abigail. Yeah, Abigail Marie. Yeah, she's a feisty one. She's going to be like her mother. Miserable. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> How is uh, how's Bethany t- doing with the, the baby? Oh, man, I tell she's you. She's 10. He has a 10-year-old and a, and a newborn. Brand new. Yeah. Um, so when everything happened, it happened abruptly. It happened, like, in seconds. Katie's water broke, and I was out on the boat. She was there at a friend's house. She'd driven over from across the point in Shamal over to Duck Harbor, which is still in Shamal. And um, her water broke about 15 minutes after she got there. I brought Bethany on the boat back to the boat launch with me. And by the time we got back to the boat launch, she'd bitten off all of her fingernails. I swear to God. Bethany did? Freaking out. She's like, I, I wasn't nervous, but now I'm nervous. And I'm like, come on. You can't be nervous, honey. We're having a baby, you know? Yeah, Everything's good. good. We're going to be healthy, whatever. So we were in the hospital. It was Father's Day, actually, that her water broke on the 21st, oh, wow. which, is, which was Sunday. And... Uh, the 22nd, we had her at 2.44 in the morning. So we went home Tuesday afternoon, and she had made a sign, welcome home, Abigail. And it was like like that, the snap of your fingers. She's a big sister. She's almost more of a mom figure because That's good. she loves her. Yeah, Won't let her go, won't let her out of her sights. Always asking about her, how's she doing? Can I feed her? Can I hold her? Can I walk her? That's it's, cool. It's huge, man. That's good to have that help, too. It is. <laughs> I won't say anything, but I got an in-house babysitter. I would never have to pay. <laughs> I'll pay you in chocolate and snacks, kid. Uh, were you worried about having another baby so far apart, or were you... No, I wasn't nervous. No? Okay, I don't, I don't really... I mean, I can't say that I don't get nervous. I, I was more on a healthy standpoint, nervousness, than, yeah. than, you know, having them so far apart. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... And it's different well, with the second well, one. Well, it's, it is, it is. But the biggest thing is, is what I'm more nervous about is, is I don't want Bethany to think that we're, you know, secluding her just taking care of the baby. I don't yeah. want. I want to make sure that she knows that she's as much loved as this brand new child. Yeah. To the end, till we're gone. Yeah. You know, so um, she's gonna be, play a big role in, you know, helping us raise this child just because of the age difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, what we talked about earlier, you know. We're 32 years old, dude. You know what I mean? She, Bethany was not planned. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's a godsend. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I mean, she My is, baby wasn't planned either. Well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I got you. But again, I mean, it's... it's, Dude, I had when I was 20 or 21 years old. Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm like sitting here working at Napa. Yeah. You know, what am I going to do? And then I work my ranks up to the automotive industry. And, and in the end, I'm a correction officer, mm-hmm. you know, for the state of New York, which is which is great. I got great benefits. I've got, uh, you know, income that I know is coming in. But, um, you know, being 32 years old and having this planned, that was the most nerve-wracking thing because I don't remember being as nervous as I was coming into this. Yeah. 
you know, and then all of a sudden she's here and it's back to no- normality. I mean, it's yeah, just, it's just part of life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, we're, we're mature. We're a lot more mature. Well, maybe <laughs> <laughs> some aspects. So, yeah, see us out on the weekend. We're not that mature. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think it was. Uh, it's another feather in your cap. I know we already have a child, but it's just that 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 planned, you know. Uh, event is a little bit different, a lot different than you know not having it planned. Yeah, and going, hey, and both, we're having a baby. Yeah, exactly, it both work the same. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, Katie's father kicked her out of the house when she found out, or he found out she was pregnant with Bethany. The first, oh wow, oh yeah. I mean, it was like, nope, you're not living here. Goodbye. And then, so yeah. you guys moved in with each other yeah, from we there. Moved in over on Cross Street, over in some little oh shit, little tiny one bedroom apartment. And you, there. how long had you known each other before that? Uh, about a year. Okay, probably. so you so, yeah, it didn't really, it wasn't planned at all. Like okay. I told you, I mean, it was, it happened kind of like that. It was probably a little less than a year. It just wasn't, you know. I mean, we're condom kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <right>. just telling you. <laughs> Not saying that I ruined my life because it made me a better person. No, yeah, yeah. Because I wouldn't yeah. be sitting here right here doing this right now yeah. in my house. Yeah. With you. If it weren't for Bethany. Exactly. I mean, no joke. Yeah. Dude, it's it's crazy how a kid will kind of put things into perspective, put time into perspective. You'll realize how fast things go by. Dude, we're just looking at her first year baby pictures that Kathy, Katie's mother, put together for her at her first birthday. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, this was like yesterday. I remember this stuff like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's 10 years ago. That's crazy. Ten years ago. I know it's it's it, you know, and I don't mean to get on a you know a, a, a sore subject here, but you know I lost my mom thirteen years ago. Yeah, that's wow. And my dad seven years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't seem it. It just doesn't register. It just seems like you know, like it was yesterday. Huh, that's what I mean. Everybody said it's gonna fly. It's gonna fly. It's gonna fly. You know, mm-hmm. and I've got friends that have got their kids that are starting to drive. They're seniors in high school <laughs> now, and it's like. Just because I was just a senior in high school. Does uh, Bethany remember your dad at all? Oh, um, that, she does. She's, yeah, she absolutely remembers. You, my you dad. guys lived here. When, lived in here. here. Yeah. So she had a bedroom right where we did the construction here. Her playroom. Mm-hmm. As you walk in now, because you used to be able to walk in over there. You know the kitchen. Yeah. So when you walk into the garage, you hang a right hand turn instead of a left hand turn. Now that mm-hmm. was her bedroom. Okay. And most mornings. We woke up. She, my dad, fell asleep in the recliner, just like any old guy. <laughs> and doesn't give a crap. Doesn't sleep with his wife anymore after you know, twenty five years. Anyways, yep. I'd wake up. I'd come downstairs, go to work, and she'd be laying there right in his arms. You, you know, she would just get up, get out of bed, and go cuddle with grandpa. That's cool. Who knows what time she got up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's probably sleeping there all night. <laughs> but no, I mean, they had a very, very close bond. I mean, my father hated the fact that. He was called grandpa at first. Like, I'm yeah, not a yeah. grandpa. Like, I'm denying it. I'm in denial. Yeah, because, I mean, he was what? 40 he, something? No. 50? No. He was. Yeah, Jesus Christ. How old is he? How old would he be? He'd be like 67. So he was 58. So 58-ish. Okay. He was close to 60. Okay, so your dad, your dad's older than my, my parents were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. yeah. My mom would have been 68. And my dad would have been 67. And they they were both from here? Yeah, both. Well, my mom was born and raised in uh, in uh, Lions Falls, New York. Okay. My dad was born in Watertown. <clears throat> he moved about, you know, from from here to Florida, kind of like what your your okay. venture was. He he did a bunch of odd jobs. I still don't know about his life, everything that, you know, I should know. I know. But it's... 
It's hard. I mean, you probably don't know what your. I mean, obviously, your parents have been around Watertown their whole lives. Yeah, I don't but there's think, still a lot that I don't know about. Exactly. You know, you know what colleges they went to, what mm-hmm. they did for work prior to owning. You know, my dad owned Haroon Lumber here in Watertown. It's the old. Well, it was at the time that it was around, the oldest wholesale lumber company in in the area. It came to Watertown, New York in 1888. Oh, it wow. opened its doors, yeah. <clears throat> so my grandfather ran it from there and then handed it down to my father, which was the only one that stayed in town. Everybody else lives in Florida, Georgia. They live down south, which is uh, nicer than, you know, <laughs> well, it's 20 it, feet of snow. Well, that's the thing is, you know, growing up here, I just, your hometown, you're like, it's your hometown, it sucks, I need to get out of here. And bringing, what kind of made me reappreciate this area was bringing jesse up here because she had never seen snow she'd never you know yeah. oh yeah down there they're like oh you're from new york like oh what's it like city? being from a big city yeah and i'm like dude our, we're more country than you are yeah exactly so uh yeah i brought her up here and uh she saw snow for the first time and then brought her up here in the summer too and she's like it's beautiful up here yeah, it's, it's wild it's, wild you know and she's I like mean, she's he, like you're just a country you're you're a, a northern redneck yeah you're, you're uh, a yankee redneck or something dude absolutely we go out <laughs> shit we go mudding we yep. go out shooting stuff i mean it's there's it is, amish like, people all over the place, all over the place. <laughs> they just multiply <laughs> i mean she's like know. what the heck there's horse and buggy like this yep. is in new york yeah so yeah i mean it's uh i love it here you know the one thing my mom said before she passed away it was like it's probably about a month before she passed away she looked at me and said i'm sitting there in the recliner she's in the couch and she looked at me and said dave she goes if you go anywhere in the world where would you want to be and where would you go? And I was like 17 or 18 at the time. I was like looking around the room. Like, this is this a trick question, Mom? I didn't say that to her. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking to myself, you know, with what I know about the world, or I should say lack of, you know, in, in different yeah. places, um, the Internet's a, a fabulous thing because you can learn so much in such a little amount of time and see things on Google Maps and Google Earth and all that stuff. So the things that you didn't know about is right in the palm of your hand at this yeah. point now. Then I was like, fuck, I have no idea, Mom. I said, let me ask you. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? And I will never, ever forget it. She looked around the room. She looked back at me and she said, I wouldn't go anywhere. She goes, this is my home. She goes, I wouldn't change it for the world. Dude, yeah. Watertown, New York, dude. Yeah. Well, she yeah. had you right there. Her family's all there. Everything. No. She got everything she needs. It was just me. I don't know where anybody else was at that point. Well, I mean, still. <laughs> no, I know. You just, know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> figuratively speaking, yes. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. No. Yeah. And that was a big thing. Um, and that's just, something I've, I've, you know, recently come to, I guess, conclusion or just began to understand is the importance of being around your family and, and you know, because I the first thing I want to do is get out of here mm-hmm. you know and then all of a sudden 10 years go by oh, 15 years go by and I've never thought at all of ever uprooting and going anywhere else I've never really? ever thought about it, ever ever I knew that I'd be able to survive at some at any given point um, if I needed a job I'd, I'd flip burgers if yeah, I needed to yeah. survive that's it that's what I this is what I know this is where I'm at this is where I live this is this is my home yep. just like my mom said you know it's it is what it is we're getting creeped on. Yeah, I think so. Who's down there? Who's we up creeping. There? We got creeping. Who's up there with you? Molly. Come down here and say hi to everybody. Say hi. Come here. We got a special guest. We got two special guests. Oh, two special guests. Yeah, we've got a little Bethany Wright, my Bethany. daughter, the 10-year-old, and then a little <laughs> Molly Dickinson, a good friend of ours from up the road. Can you say hi to everybody? Say hi. Hey, hi. come up to the mic here. Hi. Molly. 
Hi. <laughs> yeah. We're not live, but we are recording. It will be uh, sent off into the interweb for everybody to listen to. Is that crazy? Wow. This is this is it right here. We're like, here. what's the podcast for? Like, what? It's just a sit-down talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's Duffy Dialogue with Stephen Duffany. Yeah. If you were Al Roker, it would be Dufany. <laughs> <laughs> my, my claim to fame right Dude, there. Dude, that's it, man. Oh, my God. Videos of that, man. And... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, well, dude! Every video that came in after that was the same exact thing. Yeah, man. It was fading. so funny. The same reaction. It was great. So, what happened? What was that? Good Morning America. I think so. Whatever yeah. Al Roker. I, I don't know. I, it, I, I think know. it was Good Morning America. But yeah. they. When uh, did you get here? Um, like maybe a few minutes ago. Oh, I see the ankle bracelet. I knew it was at uh, Bethany. So, <laughs> where are you going now? You gonna go outside? I'm going to the playroom. Yeah, you can go in the playroom. Okay. You're good. Goodbye, special guests. Bye. Thanks for stopping in. <laughs> yeah, that Al Roker thing was so weird because it, it. So talk about how like a contest to where you posted a certain hashtag and a picture, uh, and you could win a, a wedding at the new Taco Bell in Las Vegas. That's right. Yes. Yep. And I just had we happened to be at Taco Bell and had like these two sauce packets that said I do or whatever and we just took a picture of her hands I thought it was one that, that said will you marry me and it says I do right? oh yeah I think yeah, yeah, yeah one said it? will you marry me and one said the other one said I do and you had the picture of her ring and we had our hands and her ring on there yeah um and I got a message from like this random profile, no picture or anything on Instagram. Said, "Hey, can we use your? We're gonna be on the air in like half an hour. Can we use your photo? We need an answer now." And I'm like, I don't even know if this is it was a an re- email though, wasn't it? No, no, was it was an Instagram was, message. Was it a DM? Yeah, a DM on Instagram. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. And I'm like, what the heck? I just said, sure, whatever, sure. And she's like, what are the names? And you gave her my names. And I'm like, this isn't gonna happen. And yeah. so I call everyone. I'm like, I think I might be on the news. <laughs> yeah, you, and then you he sent it on the group text it? message. And dude, you <laughs> claimed to fame, man, Stephen Dufaney. Oh yeah, then he butchered my name. Oh, butchered your so name. So Al Roker, man, we got, I got a bone to pick with you, dude. Yeah, absolutely. If we see each other, just know. Dufaney's out for you, bro. Dufaney's coming for you. <laughs> we will correct the name. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah, so... Anyways, yeah, what else is going on with Stephen Duffany? You know, just trying to figure it out, man. So Working like crazy. L- let me ask you. I mean, let's reverse the roles here. We've got we've got two hosts here. I just want to let you know. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Anyways, what... Um, what brought what brought you back to the North Country? What brought you back to Watertown, New York? So, um, Jesse graduated um, with her masters, and there's nothing really tying us down in Florida anymore. We uh, all our family, her family was in South Carolina, mine's in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, we went down there to open a uh, help a buddy open a business. So, like, did all the marketing, web design, stuff like that. Um, so we just had nothing tying us there anymore, and um, having a baby, you know, we we didn't have any any babysitters nothing so we just were like let's uh we don't have anything tying us here right now let's let's head back home and see you know what go from there um my dad's gonna be retiring in a couple years and um i'm gonna be taking over his business doing medicare life insurance stuff yeah Um, so So what you're saying is is you came back because your dad's getting old (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yep so yeah you know and 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 it was just hard you know we we barely got to see my parents 
Um, so it, it, it's been good because we we got to spend a little time in South Carolina, and Eli got to be around his uh, my wife's mom and dad, in-laws. my in laws. Yep. Um, and now we're here, and you know my parents get to be around him and stuff, and so yeah. I think just the, the family thing is something that you know I I when I first got out of the military I was like I need to get the hell out of here I'm mm-hmm. out of here yeah and that's it absolutely you everybody know. needs to go off on their own if they need to go off and do what they gotta do and then uh, regroup and figure out what they wanna do with their life yeah I mean, plus I mean it, it took I mean it probably took a good 10 years to really process and f- really cu- figure out what it is all I went through and and, and like you know, because everything just happened so fast. I got out and I just was living as fast as I could. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, like it all starts catching up, and you 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 realize, like, oh my god, dude, all that. Like, I can't believe I did all that. You know, you just uh, everything, dude. <laughs> yeah. Right down to having being friends with Seth down there and oh, freaking. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love that guy. Well, let me just. I don't know. Especially being a medic in the military and and being with. The Tenth Mountain Division. Well, different you know, it's, groups of people from all over oh, yeah. the United yep. States. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the biggest thing. Then you talk to these people, and then they get these ideas in your head, and then you're like, "I'm leaving. I'm going. Let's do this. Let's do yeah. that. Get it done before I'm too old." And yep. now we're basically too old, and here we are. And that's the cool thing about the military is it was so diverse. And thank you for your service, dude. Seriously, no crazy. Thank no? you. No, hey, <laughs> thanks for paying your taxes. <laughs> Pay, paid my paycheck. Yeah. Um, but no, we'd have all walks of life. You know, any any color, religion, background, whatever. We had people from from Russia to Guam to Dude, you know all, all over the place. The, all over the all place. over the place. And that's the biggest thing. And that's you talk about our U.S. military. And I, I mean, I grew up here in Watertown. We, yep. We're we're surrounded by the military, mm-hmm. which is is a great thing. It helps our economy, you know, the diversity of the people that are coming in, the different ideas of businesses, whatever it may be, yeah. it's helping out in every single way. So what you say, and I'm not a political kind of guy, and this whole thing that's going on in in today's society with the recent stuff with, you know, the, the uh, excessive force with the police mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you look at that. And you see the military, it doesn't matter who you are. No, it, and doesn't. That's, it you didn't matter. It, somebody's got your back. Yep. Everybody's got your back. Yep. Not somebody. Everybody. And does. it was oh, every different person you could think of. And well, you know, the, the, one of the cool things too is I've I've kept in touch with a lot of my interpreters. Uh-huh. So the interpreters over there are, are all you know from Afghanistan. And you born being a medic, raised. I mean, you were the one that needed the interpreters. Yeah, correct? yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Did I say that right? Interpreters. Interpreters. Sorry. So they're all from <laughs> Afghanistan. Grew up there. And you know that was their entire life, and then they joined forces with us as interpreters, and spent uh, he spent like five six years along fighting alongside U.S. forces, yep. and finally was able to get his um, visa or whatever to come over. So he was able to come to the U.S., came to Minnesota, yep. and went to college, just graduated, and he actually just got a job in corrections. Oh. So I'm just thinking about, you know, this guy's life and everything that he's gone through and how he overcame so much just so he could come to the U.S. and have a better life. He got into corrections? And then, yeah, yeah. 
What was his name? He's up. He's in Minnesota. He's in oh, in Minnesota. Yeah, I'm Minnesota. Sorry. Gotcha. So, I missed that part. So my dog just walked downstairs here. Got I'm like right into Stephen's crotch. Here, so. <laughs> I'm just thinking of you know him going to college and sitting with all these 18, 19 year old kids and maybe some of the you know. Uh, maybe prejudice that he's faced or something, you know, be like, oh, look at this terrorist guy or whatever. And gotcha. not knowing that he's done more in half an hour for this country than most of those kids have their entire life. Absolutely. You know, and, and so, I don't know, you just see all these different people overcoming incredible odds and coming out on top. Mm-hmm. And it, you, you just got people who either take adversity and go at it head on or they complain and make excuses as to why bad things are happening to them that's it, you know that's so. it man that's it but again we'll get off the political end of it i just want to say that you know it's just <laughs> well, yeah in a nutshell you know you doing what you did um i don't know if it has to do with you know you being in the military and seeing the other people and the diversity in that the, in our military to you know Feet, feet out of here and do what you had to do and then come back and you know raise your family yeah. and and you know have a wonderful business that you know you'll take over from your father mm-hmm. he can retire happily and you know we can hopefully in the end be the same yeah you know, have our kids in our generation you know the uh, grow up to be you know great people maybe the next president whatever it may be and i just think that uh getting out in the world is is the best thing but sometimes sitting down and Staying around, yeah, you know, it's town different is... restlessness and rootedness. Mm-hmm. You know, That's some it. people have the you know, want to be rooted, and some people are restless and want to go travel. But I don't know, like me, I was restless, now I'm I want to get more rooted. Yeah, that's um, good though, that is excellent, you know. But I'm glad that I was able to go out <coughs> and, and kind of experience all the things I did. And I wouldn't change it, you know, there's uh, the, the perspective that I have from my military experience. I wouldn't change for the world. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, you know, all the crap that I went through, all the bad crap I went through, mm-hmm. like, I'm thankful for that. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm glad that I went through that. Yeah. Because right. I, I wouldn't be the you person that I am. You can't have any regrets, man. Yeah. Even though you've probably, <laughs> myself, done some <laughs> shitty things in your life. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, you just can't have yep. that, but that's what makes you... But you got to learn and, and grow from it. That's if you, it. You know, the, the difference is, did you learn from your mistake, and are you going to grow from it, or... Are you just going to keep doing the same thing? Mm-hmm. You know, that's gotcha. um, that's why we're here. This is what we do. Yeah, love it, man. This is great. Like I said, I mean, we're podcasting, baby. That's it. That's it. How long have been going, dude? It's been going. This is uh, what do we got? Yeah, we're over an hour right now. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know. I think we're done. We're done here, boys. Yeah. Anything else? Anyways, it's been. A- so again, we're gonna give a shout out to our sponsor, Art Jug. They pay us five hundred dollars per episode to. Uh, yep. Uh, and free pizza for life. Yep. Got it. Art Jug, it. Ducks Unlimited is gonna sponsor us too. Yeah, Ducks Unlimited. Uh, um, we've got uh, your your new sponsor, Adirondack Outdoor Adventures here. Yep. We're you ready know, to go. Give me a call. Hey, uh, yeah. So if someone does want to do a charter here in upstate New York, who do they? What's the number to call for Adirondack Outdoor Adventures? Um, you can get a hold of me, which is 315-783-9681. I'm throwing that right out there. Anytime, any place. Uh, just don't call me after nine o'clock because my wife will kill you. <laughs> um, and then um, the owner of the business is again. His name is Gary Burgoyce. And I'm just trying to bring this up. His number is uh, 315-525-8408. 
and you can reach us at any time. Uh, we're booking for not whenever, from here until the end. I mean, we can book out a year in advance, two years in advance, however you want to do it. Um, but yeah, nice. yeah, my number is 315-783-9681. David Wright, Captain David Wright. I don't like, don't call me Captain either. I'm calling you Captain. Don't call me Captain. So, and then Gary Burgoyce, who is the owner, it's 315-525-8408. Well, all right, guys, that's the episode with David Wright with Adirondack Outdoor Adventures. Well, dude, thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this in my basement, the man cave, and uh, everybody enjoy their day. And as always, duck off.